let's talk about modular housing. Now, since 2017, uh, the BC NDP government has relied on temporary modular housing across the province as a a rapid solution to getting people off the streets. Think uh, homelessness, think mental health and addiction. And you hear these stories uh, in in many communities uh, where the government goes in to put in some modular housing. Uh, It promises around-the-clock support, including mental health and addiction issues, primary care, all of that. You heard some of that uh, already um, in Vancouver not too long ago in Kitsilano at Arbutus and 7th, uh, where there was a desire to put uh, a building in a neighborhood with schools and has been traditionally a single-family home. And um, they're tough to house individuals, so there's a huge push by the community uh, in regards to not wanting uh, that project uh, in Kitsilano. Uh, in many cases, it's done, according to government, that you don't want to load inner city, inner city areas with some of these challenges, or at least the, the bulk of those challenges, think downtown east side, that they want to move around some of these modular housing units. But to bring them in sort of traditional single-family neighborhoods or non-traditional neighborhoods that generally haven't had this type of housing, you have to consult. Well, the Italian Cultural Center is asking the city of Vancouver uh, to uh, to look at, relook at rezoning uh, for their community. Uh, the province wants to bring in, the city wants to bring in 65 supporting housing units, but it's about consultation uh, as well. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the challenges that the Italian Cultural Center leadership feels is uh, that, that haven't been addressed so far is Mario Michelli. He's the executive director of the Italian Cultural Center. Mario, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jess. Lots to talk about here. Uh, first and foremost, broadly, what is the Italian Cultural Center and I guess neighbors in that area, what is their opposition to this supportive housing that the city is looking at? Well, um, I, you know, I represent the hundreds of thousands of uh, visitors that we have here at the Italian Cultural Center annually. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we're concerned with is the lack of uh, consultation and really the lack of transparency. We originally spoke to uh, the city when this was first proposed, and my request was I just need to really understand who it is that's going to be housed at this location, and um, if they could provide me with that information. They also mentioned they were going to have a community advisory group that was going to be put together. So I said, by all means, let me know. I'd be more than happy to sit and discuss this. Well, nothing ever transpired. And what we thought was going to be uh, a facility where we would have... uh, a home for adults, seniors, and people with disabilities who are experiencing who are experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness. That's what we thought we were going to get, and it's still in their uh, materials. What we find out uh, actually on Sunday, somebody phoned me and said, "Did you know this is going to be going before council on Tuesday?" That was the first I had heard. No one had reached out to let us know. And now we find out it's low-barrier housing, which uh, is going to house those with mental uh, health issues and addiction. And, of course, you could contact, say that those are people with disabilities. I understand that. But it 
just isn't forthright in the documentation. And, and just to confirm, just, these are 64 units of low-barrier housing, which will be uh, potentially a few hundred metres away from the Italian Cultural Centre, uh, Trout Lake Park, and Lord Beaconsfield um, uh, Elementary School. School. Yeah, and here at the Italian Cultural Centre, we have a K-7 we have two daycare facilities. We have seniors programs that are run here quite regularly and youth sports activities that take part in our facility as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's less than 100 metres from uh, our independent senior living home called Casa Serena and our uh, full care facility called Villa Caritao for those who require constant help. So it, the proximity to these facilities is a little disconcerting because we don't know enough about who's going to be housed. What are the risk mitigation factors that they uh, considered if they're going to invite this community into our neighborhood? These you're, are the things that we know nothing about. You're not ide- ideologically opposed to modular housing in a neighborhood. Is, is this more about a consultation and speaking to the community and allaying some of the concerns, or do you just, or is the community more so just opposed to bringing in individuals dealing with homelessness and mental health and addiction challenges? I, I think there's a couple of issues. You can appreciate that when I found out Sunday afternoon about this. I've been immersed in trying to bring myself up to speed on not only what the city's doing, Mm -hmm. but what these modular pieces recommend. And of course, there's, there's a lot of evidence out there that says it doesn't work. We've seen some examples at Hastings and Cassiar. We had an issue here with the uh, Winnebago's uh, that were parked along Slocan. So Mm -hmm. our experience here is one that's disconcerting. Uh, even the Victoria Chief of Police, uh, Del Manick, was concerned about the same facility in his city. So it just seems as though we're, we're putting this program in. I'm not sure it's the best process, not only for the neighborhood, but for the residents. Mm-hmm. 64 residents that are, have essentially been homeless and dealing with very uh, difficult issues is hard to manage. What do you say to the argument that, look, there was opposition, and I believe it was in Coquitlam, to a similar um, modular housing unit. There's been opposition in Richmond to to a similar modular housing unit. There's been opposition in Vancouver and many other communities as well. But once they are built, they become part of the community and you don't hear about the worst case scenario of anybody being attacked or, I mean, I, we have heard some bad stories. I think Nanaimo is a classic example where they didn't build the wraparound services when they put these structures yeah. up and really, to be honest with you, not destroyed downtown, but really made it difficult for people to be in and around that area. Nanaimo, I think, is a glaring reminder, but some would argue, generally speaking, these modular housing units have been okay and they have uh, been decent neighbors, good neighbors in these communities. You, you know, if, if that's the case, we would gladly support that. My concern is that the staffing that's been recommended for this particular facility mm-hmm. doesn't include, when I hear wraparound services, that's kind of a, you know, a buzzword. Yeah. So what does wraparound services look like? Uh, are they going to have the services in-house? It appears that from their operational report, it's not going to be in-house. So I'm not sure what they're going to have in place. The one thing we know is they have two staff that will be there 24-7, an operations manager, one support staff, a chef, 
and one home support staff. So I have concerns. Then when I look at the experience and educational requirements, by the way, this is straight from their document. Mm -hmm. Their requirements are a criminal background check, a current first aid certificate, a current nonviolent crisis intervention certificate, and completion of naloxone training. I, I know how difficult it's been for the city to put together that crisis team for the downtown east side where they're bringing in more uh, mental health experts. I don't see anything in here that's going to have a mental health expert on site for 64 residents who come with high risk of mental illness issues, drug addiction, and more importantly, is that the right scenario for this group of of, of people. So what happens next? Are they going to receive the services? What happens next for you, your community, the Italian Cultural Center, and neighbors? What would you like to see next? Are you planning anything else? Well, you know, to be honest, we've had uh, less than 48 hours to prepare for this, or just about 48 hours to prepare to go to council. What we would like to see is collaboration. So if we've had other successful models, let's make sure that this is going to emulate those success models so that we don't have the concern that the community has right now. You can appreciate my phone's been ringing off the hook since people heard about this. Yeah. So the Italian Cultural Center community is, is concerned. And all we want is reassurance that the risk mitigation has been put in place and that this community is going to be safe. Mario, thank you for your time today. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, Jazz.